other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. By listeners around the country, Frank, how do you know so much about what's going on in Atlantic City from a political perspective, from a gaming perspective, from a dining and nightlife perspective, from a beach perspective, even though you don't get there that often? What are you there? Once every two months, every three months? And the answer is quite simple. The answer is I tune in on almost a daily basis to Scott Chronic on uh, Talk 1400 WOND. There is nobody that knows Atlantic City better than Scott Chronic. He is the co-owner of the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. He is a, a distinguished and longtime journalist in Atlantic City, and he is a radio talk show host on the station. We're very privileged to be on this hour, W-O-N-D, and he's kind enough to join us on the radio. Scott, it's great to talk to you again. How you been? Hey, Frank. How you doing, buddy? Everything good? Everything is great. Everything is great. I want to pick your brain on a lot of stuff. Let me begin with the fact that in uh, 10 or 11 days, um, Mama Angeloni's 2, which is has long been for almost a half a century considered one of the best Italian restaurants in all of Atlantic City, is um, is closing up shop. How are you feeling about this place uh, ending its run as an Atlantic City institution? And what would you say this place's legacy is? You know, I, I Frank, I grew up uh, in Scranton. And, and you know, uh, Scranton area is full of places like Angeloni's. But, it, you know, this area, unfortunately, isn't. So we're really losing one of those true legendary Italian old school places, you know, that um, you know, with with the wood paneling and the and the, and the bar that hasn't been uh, updated in 50 years, and and really they care more about the food than they care about the ambiance. And the opposite is usually the case, uh, you know, in, in the restaurant world these days. So uh, we're really missing a, a true legendary place, and and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the veal that melts in your mouth. I'm going to miss the uh, the spicy meatballs and martini night on Thursdays. I, I'm going to miss Alan Angeloni, who is this grumpy, uh, you know, old Italian guy guy who you know makes it feel like it's uh you know you, you know <laughs> like you're, you're in the past and 
it's just a real loss for Atlantic City in so many ways. But, you know, the guy deserves it, Frank. He's worked so hard his whole life. He's not doing it for any other reason other than he wants to retire, and, and God bless him, you know, and he doesn't want to kind of pass it on and ruin his legacy to somebody else. So he's he's just closing up shop, and he's doing it with dignity. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said for that. So uh, if people are asking why this a- institution, Mama Angeloni's 2, is, is closing – Yet it doesn't have anything to do with rent or the economy or declining interest or an up or inflation and an uptick in food prices. It's just due to the fact that the proprietor has had enough and he wants to hang him up. Yeah, I interviewed him. I did a story a couple of years ago for him, uh, and he, he was giving hints then. You know, when he came back from COVID, he used to do lunch every day. He stopped doing lunch, you know, and then and then he, he used to be open more days a week, and then he started cutting the days down. And, you know, it was, it was just uh, his brother and sister who he's partners with in the restaurant kept saying, well, you know, hey, man, you can't take it with you. When, when are you going to go enjoy your life? And I guess he finally gave in and said, you know what, you're right. Uh, he, he just doesn't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something. All right. Well, we wish him the best of luck. And uh, I'm going to be in Atlantic City next weekend. Uh, I was finally able to get a reservation at Cafe 2825. So I'm having dinner there on uh, on Saturday. I'm sorry I can't get to Mama Angeloni's uh, for dinner before they close, but I may try and pop in there. For we lost a, another great place. Martirano's closed on Monday. Uh, legendary Steve Martirano, Philly boy who came here about a decade ago. Uh, he has places in Fort Lauderdale. That's a cash cow. He's opening up a place up in uh, Philly's, um, uh, uh, one of the casinos there now. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, that was probably my, you know, one of my top three or four restaurants and and uh it's gonna be real it's a real shame i went there on sunday and it was still great even though it was in its final days. so atlantic city losing two really great italian restaurants well, in well so of, obviously of, martirano's and is is in a very different position than Aunt mama angeloni's too in that martirano's been around maybe 10 years maybe even a little less why are why are they closing is that due to business interests or due to the fact that steve martirano is trying to do some other things uh, I think it's because, you know, Caesars Entertainment, which took over that brand, uh, uh, is p- probably doesn't want to pay him. From what I understand, it's a 7 to 10% VIG. Uh, but also, I think it's the prices of, of food and, 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 a, and a bunch of other things. And I think it's just cheaper to go in and put somebody in that they don't have to pay that uh, 7 to 10% VIG on. Mm. And, uh, and, and they're bringing in a restaurant called La Strada, which they have uh, out in Reno, Vegas. And, and I'm sure it's an easier deal for them. And I was really surprised, uh, Frank. You know, the dishes at Martirano's were outrageous. They were charging $30 for a cheesesteak. They were charging uh, $95 for a New York strip there. So their prices got really out of hand. And I think the, I think the price, I think the money they had to pay him was part of it. So I think they just decided to get out. Yeah, you know, I've been to La Strada in Nevada, and, you know, I, I found the food pretty good. I, I found the food at Martirano's really good. But, yeah. um, you know, le- you know, last couple of times I was at Martirano's, it was not the, the best experience ever. I mean, it, it sort of becomes a nightclub at, at a certain point, and... I don't know. I'll say the service there the last couple of times that I was there wasn't the best. So I, I, you know, I feel bad for Martirano's closing because I know that a lot of fans and I did enjoy the homemade mozzarella. But, you know, I am going to dine at La Strada with an open mind and uh, and an open tongue. Uh, that that's, that's for sure. Me and hey, you both. Me and you both. You were the guy. And if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Scott Cronick. He uh, does his own talk show every afternoon on Talk 1400 WOMD in Atlantic City. 
Um, you were the guy that sort of seemed to broker a radio summit between two guys that were at loggerheads with one another. The mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small, and who's a Democrat, and the Republican state senator representing Atlantic County, Vince Palestina. Uh, how how were you able to pull that off, getting them both on the air and getting them uh, to both work in favor of the direction of bettering Atlantic City? It seemed like an uh, an undoable task, and yet you pulled it <laughs> off. Well, I just uh, nagged them for about a year, and, uh, you know, both of them are my friends, and both of them uh, I respect a great deal. And I think that deep down, uh, each of them wanted to work with each other, but um, Marty, uh, uh, and Vince admitted it, he did, And but Marty on the outside was very stubborn and wants to come across as uh, saying that, you know, uh, he's right, and he dug in his heels. So I basically had a beat on Marty for a long time. I said, hey, it's ridiculous that you aren't talking to the state's senator uh you want you want to do what's best for atlantic city but yet you're not going to talk to the to our highest ranking official from our district it doesn't make any sense so i think that after i just pounded him for a while he finally gave in and uh he, if you if you listen to my show and you can listen to it on uh in a podcast form on wndradio.com uh but you'll see how marty just wanted to basically get out all of the stuff that was on his chest he really wanted to say hey you did this to me and the republicans did this to me and 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 once he got that off his chest, he was able to say, OK, now we can move forward. But until he heard explanations and until he heard why those things were happening, he really couldn't let it go. And and he, and he took about an hour and a half of my show to get out all those things. Wow. And then the half hour uh, of the show was to work things out for the future. But he really, really wanted to say, hey, I was wronged and this is going to make it right. And, uh, and and I think Vince did that. And uh, they met. Yesterday, I don't know how that meeting went, but they, they they had a private meeting yesterday at City Hall because of that radio show, and they are going to move forward and do things together. So we'll see how it works. Well, that's great. Hats off to you for getting that done. We're talking with Scott Cronick. Um, you are, in addition to your media bona fides, in addition to your role as the co-proprietor of the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, you are now the co-executive director of the MBCA. What's the MBCA? So that's the uh, Metropolitan Business and Citizens Association. It started over 30 years ago by two very well-known people, Gary Hill and John Schultz, who are just uh, super powerhouses in the city. They own a ton of real estate. They were big club owners back in the day. And they wanted to start this thing about 30 years ago to kind of help businesses and to uh, do things for the city. And over the 30 years, it kind of lost uh, lost its focus, and it started to be more of like a community scholarship, uh, you know, nonprofit and when they came to me because Gary and John want to retire, lose things in more in Florida, you know, I said to them, I'd be happy to take it over. But two things. One, I thought Gary should really stay involved and serve with me as co-executive director because of all of his contacts. And I thought that was important. But two, I said, we got to go back to the original mission and we're going to do things that are going to help Atlantic City. We're going to help beautify it again. We're going to help do things like planters and trees on the streets. We're going to maybe bring Christmas lights back. We're going to do special projects. Uh, to make Atlantic City appear, uh, you know, a nicer and beautiful place, and that's a mission for my next chapter that I thought I could, uh, you know, wrap my head around. And I started on Tuesday, and I'm really excited. About well, uh, that is terrific. Uh, obviously, this week is 4:20, not only April 20th, but 4:20 as a time and as sort of a symbol has sort of become an international symbol of marijuana. 
And Atlantic City is diving headfirst into the recreational cannabis game. I could tell you, even before things became official, last couple of times that I've been there, when I've walked the boardwalk, you're kind of nailed in the face with the, I consider the stench. Other people may have a more favorable um, description of it, uh, the stench of marijuana smoke. But now they announced the first recreational licensed facility for recreational marijuana. What is going on in Atlantic City when it comes to marijuana these days, Scott? So, so you're right, Frank, and it's a stench in my opinion, too. And, and again, I'm not against it, but it, it does infringe on your, your basic air rights, just like smoking did, you know, uh, back before they started banning that. And it, it, it's uh, I'm a little nervous about it, Frank, because last time I was in Vegas, uh, you know, there were more signs for marijuana than there were for, say, you know, a Cirque show, you know, and, and, and there were more stores that offered marijuana and everyone smoked it. And there, and you couldn't escape it. You couldn't escape that smell, no matter where you went. And I and I and I'm a little nervous that Atlantic City becomes that. But today, in honor of 420, uh, the mayor signed into legislation to allow the first cannabis business to open recreationally. It's called MPX New Jersey. Uh, they already had a small uh, medicinal place, which is right on the Orange Loop, right on uh, New York Avenue. Uh, they are now building a bigger place that's right on the other side of that building. You can actually see it from the beer hall on the Orange Loop, and it's going to be uh, quite a big place, very similar to those Vegas stores that I told you about. Uh, but they opened today. Officially, uh, they're going to be a, a recreational license for the first time in Atlantic City. Uh, there have been other recreational ones uh, outside of the city, but this is the first one inside the city. Uh, and it's literally across the street from a giant 420 fest that's happening today uh, in the uh, Orange Loop Amphitheater. So it's, uh, it, it's quite a, a marijuana place to be for 420, wow. no doubt about it. All right, Scott, we're going to have to end it there. I'm going to be at uh, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall uh, next Friday. Hopefully some of our listeners will come down, too. I'm going to go down there with some some friends and uh, my wife. My my mom is coming down to uh, watch our son, so uh, she's going to be with me as well. Hopefully I'll see you next Friday at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, Scott. I might be headed to Scranton, but if not, Frank, I will see you there, buddy. I hope so. Check out Scott Chronic on uh, Talk 1400 WOND every 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're certainly welcome to. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.